We've got a code. Use code VOLLEYPOD for 20% off almost anything on the Art of Coaching Volleyball website, including premium memberships, coaching resources, and nearly all books. That's VOLLEYPOD, V-O-L-L-E-Y-P-O-D. Use it to save anytime you're on the site. Are you ready to take your volleyball game to the next level? Every week on the VolleyPod, we talk to two top coaches who share their secrets for success on the court. From drills to build skills to strategies for boosting confidence, you won't want to miss this valuable advice. Tune in now and elevate your game today. Good evening and welcome to the VolleyPod. How are you today, Todd? Doing well, Davis. How you doing? I'm doing great. We're right All in the right. middle of club season yeah, and you got your little team going. We were yeah, talking some stats. The How's 11s, it going? Yeah, we're talking about stats. So I have this little stat sheet. So we keep uh, keep one stat for our 11s. Okay, what is it? And we do uh, in a row serving. Okay, nice. So how many serves can you hit in in a row? Okay uh and then it'll go like through side outs right so okay. if you if you let's say serve in and the other team scores your streak is still going so when you start ah, the next time it's okay. just it's not your streak of how many points necessarily right it's your streak of in serve so i was showing you the uh a little thing we have of uh, each day so uh, the cool thing is the kids see their improvement so Yes. Our we had we've had four days of tournament play now two two day tournaments. On our first day, the longest serving streak was a nine. Uh, the second day we had a thirteen and two elevens. The third day we had one twenty one. Wow! And then our fourth day we had a twenty three, a twenty two, oh a goodness. fourteen, and wow. a ten. Wow, they are getting better. So we're getting better in and a short a, period of time. Relative well, to it's, it's hey, what gets measured gets done. It's a yeah. good, and it's once again, it's not us, you know, going, oh, we got to stop missing serve. It's just, hey, here's the stat. Right. Right. I like it. It's unemotional. So they uh, could conceivably have more than 25, right? Because they, because, if they serve 25 in a row, but their streak continues. Yeah, we don't keep, we don't keep it over days. So we end oh, on okay. a day. Okay, so gotcha. really, uh, you know, if they're serving every time, you know, they're not going to get probably 30 might be depending on how many times they serve. Okay. You know, one of the kids went on the one that had 23, she went on a big streak where she served like, you know, I think like 12 in a row and you know, one time she served. So nice uh got a nice streak that uh helped us out so now it's fun she's proud she's fun they're proud. getting better that's awesome right on well i am on all the right skill. you're on the skill what do you got okay so this is a coaching skill that i've been hearing a lot lately and i would like to talk about and it's 15 myths about club volleyball to dispel with your athletes Ah, I like it. So I'm at a program that is not really that close to a major club. So a high school program. <clears throat> a high school program. Okay. Right. So, so you're talking about really this is these are uh, these are myths that your high school players kind of hold. Is that yeah. right? Or either yeah, either they hold or maybe they kind of made me start thinking that other people hold. Okay. You know? All right. Um and I'll tell you what I mean. Here's an example. Number one, club makes you good okay this is a myth okay and the reason i believe this is a myth it's not that club doesn't help you get good right it's that playing club in itself doesn't make you get good you make your you make yourself good 
right? right? And so I, I know a bunch of kids that play club that, you know, don't stutter in the high school team. And I know kids that don't play club that do, right? So it's really more about your mentality. Well, and, you know, if you put, let's say you have a kid who, um, let's say you have a great athlete who's playing on your volleyball team. And then in the winter, she plays two sports. She plays soccer and basketball. Right. And then she doesn't play club volleyball. But she's a great athlete. Athlete who's yes. getting coached in different sports, working on all this perceptual thing in both those sports. Yep. Um, is she going to be a better volleyball player when she comes back in the fall? Probably. Yeah, absolutely. Very well could be. And I guess the, the lesson for people that play club or even don't is just if you want to get good at volleyball, there are ways to do it. And if there's no one perfect way, and but playing playing more volleyball is better than playing absolutely. less. Absolutely, that is that. absolutely right. true. And that was that was. But it's not a guarantee. Exactly, it's not a guarantee. But it's so probably the best consistent route. Yeah, right? yeah. you know that we have Definitely. right yeah. now. So, all right, next, you have to be on a ones team to get a lot out of playing club. Oh, that's yeah. Can't that's, stand it. Yeah. Okay, and uh, making a top team can be great, but it can be a waste. Like if you're not playing, which is a risk on those teams because they play a shorter lineup, yep. Um, you you could be a waste of your time. Now I know those coaches on those teams are a lot of times they're really good, but I think again it's your mentality. I like they they think oh the only the ones teams are going to get looked at and only the ones teams will be competitive. And I just know over my history that that's not the case. There's so many good teams out there. Yep. And so that's number two. Number and even, you know, you say a ones team. I mean, hey, we're at Coast, which is a, a big club that has a, you know, deep talent base. But, you know, hey, uh, a ones team and a bunch of the other clubs around. I mean, your twos team is going to beat a bunch of ones right. teams. So, yeah. I mean, everything's relative. Right? It's all relative. Exactly. Right. right. So make the most out of the team you're on yep. is what I would say. Number three, the coach doesn't matter. It's more about who I play with. And I just disagree with this. And I know this could be an old school belief, but I think there is more of a push towards like, okay, there's a, there's a talented group here. So this team's going to be good. And that may be true, but it may not be, you may not get as much out of it, right? If you don't have a good coach. And I always tell players that are trying to play club to really research who the coach is so that they can make an educated decision about where they want to go. Yep. I think uh, the coach is huge. Yep. I agree. Yeah. I, I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. And uh, experience, you know, and I see a lot of sort of. Um, and I would say that talented players with a coach who isn't talented could be a recipe for disaster. Oh, absolutely. Because now the expectations on those kids are higher, right? Right. If they're better and if they don't uh, perform, then uh, it's hard to coach them. Absolutely. And I would say things that do matter are probably relationships. If you have a good rapport with the coach, that probably matters, but a coach with an eye and a plan, like an eye for detail an eye for, you know, what's going to work in a plan for yep. you well, and yeah. for the team. And we talk about plan. I'm a big fan. Like, Hey, does that coach know how to set priorities for improvement? Yes. Yes. That's because a great say, I see, you know, these coaches of these low level teams working on those block swing blocking. I'm going, wait a minute. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm doing our highlight video right now for my high school. And one of the things I'll go through huddle, you know, to find blocks yeah. and look at these matches where, I mean, they're like four set matches against, I mean, we have like, <laughs> like two blocks and none of them are real stuff blocks that go down. They're just like tricklers that dribble down and we're right. celebrating like it was the greatest right. thing ever. And this, I'm just going, that's a bad block. I can't put that in our highlight video. <laughs> I hear you. That's awesome. 
All right. So the next one I hear all the time is clubs and players are becoming less loyal. Okay. Um, now I don't know if this is true, but I don't think it is. What I do think is there's a lot of really good players. And I think that in general, it has become more of a meritocracy and at least where I'm at now I'm in Southern California where we get a lot of players to come out and it's highly competitive. So it's hard for, it's hard for me to believe that a lot of coaches are playing favorites and, and, and putting kids on that aren't as talented as other players on the team or aren't as talented as players that are still available. I find that difficult to believe. And I would say that if you are good enough, you will make the team in general. I know that there are exceptions to that. Um, and I'm going to talk about some of those exceptions in a minute, but really it comes down to what the team needs, right? If you can provide that, then you're going to have a good chance to make the team. Um, what are your take on that? Yeah. Hey, coaches. I mean, I was talking to Josh when we were, I was just on a little vacation with Josh and we were talking and I was laughing because somebody had told me, Oh, that coach at Villanova doesn't, he doesn't want to play freshman. <laughs> Wait a minute. Tell me, <laughs> let me tell you, coach at Villanova wants to play anybody who will help him win. <laughs> exactly. You know, and exactly. I think that's the same thing with clubs. Yes. It's like, Hey, if somebody plays for a club for three years, uh, but she's leapfrogged by three other kids who jump in the gym, you know, come run in the gym. And I tell our high school player, Hey, listen, if three Russian triplets come in here and they're all six, three, they're making the team and I love right. you guys. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> and yeah. you guys might be on the bench right. and you might have started last year. And then, you know, but, and it's, it's but a hard the triplets look. are playing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I mean, it does hurt your feelings, but it's, I think there's so many good players that you just have to commit yourself to. I'm going to do the best I can. And, and I'm not going to badmouth anyone if I don't make it, that kind of thing, Hey, you know? And right. the other thing I'd say about that is coaches like you, even if they cut you, I think this is something, this is sort of an aside, but I mean, all the time I'm the twos team. So I get players above me and players below me typically. And sometimes I have to let players, you know, go quote unquote to go down to the, the team below mine. And I like them so much. And I think a lot of times they'll be mad at me, understandably, but I want them to understand that it's not personal. Yeah, like, I just right. really, it's tough. It it's tough. It really is tough. Yeah. Um, next you have to play at a major club to get good. Yeah. We don't like this one. It's not, it's not necessarily, it's not true. Yeah. I mean, you've seen all sorts of kids and we go to, we went to AAUs and had kids bouncing balls with clubs that I've never heard of before. And, um, it's just, again, it's about your mentality. It's about your approach, meaning like not your volleyball approach, but your approach to volleyball and how you're going to treat the game. You know, so that's definitely one club and scholarships are guaranteed when you play club. Oh, yeah, that's not going to happen. That's not happening. Now, I do think they're related. You know, you don't necessarily get recruited out of high school very often, but they're not causal. There's no way. And everyone thinks even if you're at a major club, well, I'm going to get signed. No, it's you have to be good. It's exactly what it is. If you're good and physical and you're going to help someone win at the college level, then you'll get picked up. That's the yep. bottom line. Um, next. Most clubs make you a physical volleyball player. Like you're going to become a hammer because you play club. And I just, again, don't see that happening, right? I think you become a hammer with a lot of your physical workouts, some, some arm sling work, you know, and your physical development, you got to excel at strength and fitness. I don't know. What's your take on this one? Yeah. I mean, it's, that's, there's a bunch of stuff. I mean, it's, hey, it's hard to improve attacking velocity right i mean there's a lot in it it's not just playing club isn't going to do it right well and they see kids hammering balls that play club 
And they go, well, but it's because she plays club, right? Yeah. No, she's a big, strong kid. Yeah, right. yeah. Could hammer before she played volleyball. Um, now, um, the teams are done before tryouts begin. So it's a waste of time for me to go over there. Now, I'm not going to say that sometimes teams are selected or at least some players are selected on teams and at our club, maybe even almost the entire team. But I still think if you walk in the gym and you're six, three hammer, they'll put you on the team. They will yep. find a way. Yep. So now if you're not that, I, I still think it's worth it because again, you've got to be placed appropriately. Well, and Hey, you know, you want to be in competitive, ex you know, experiences and tryouts is a competitive experience. And if you want to be a volleyball player, then it's part of your development. Yeah, absolutely. Going through that process. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, next. You've got to choose a position. Oh, I like this one. You know, I don't believe that. I, I think, I know you have to choose a position when you're on the court playing, but I think deciding what you are can wait. <laughs> Our 11s are asking, what position am I? Oh, I you're a player. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, well. We have setters and we have players and you're a player <laughs> right. and we have setter players. We have a couple of people who do both. <laughs> right. I like it. Um, next, you got to play club early. You got to play club as early as possible. Right now. I know you work with the 11s that to me, the 11s is early yep. compared to what it used to be, yep. but we have a nine ones at our club. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. And yeah. they're actually pretty good at volleyball. They can, yeah. they can do some stuff, but I'm, I would say it's not necessary. It's not bad if you're really into it and you want to, Yeah. but I would say if there, you can, there's going to be plenty of competitive volleyball. If you start maybe in junior high or even high school. Right. But I, I think that it's because kids are playing early, it's you're behind if you're not doing anything athletic. Right. Yes, if you don't know how to throw, yes. if you don't know how to throw and you don't know, you know, a ball coming towards you, you're Agreed. running the other way. It's tough to join when you're a freshman in high school now. Yes. I mean, in the old days you could. Yeah. And now it's tougher, at least in our neck of the woods. And I think, yeah. you know, there are communities where that isn't the case. Yes, absolutely. And so, yeah, I agree with that for sure. Um, next, we talked about this one at the convention a little bit. You have to build your brand. If you want to get recruited, you have to build your brand. If you want to get recruited, we're, we're talking about these kids getting so much money through the NIL in college, some kids getting so much money through the NIL that I think it's become spread out that everyone needs to have a brand so that they can um, get picked up by commercials or whatever. I yeah. don't even know, but I just think. That so this, when you talk about high school kids, it's social media. They need to exactly. get all their stuff on social media. And exactly. that's not necessarily. The yeah. I don't think, I don't think you, especially not when you're young, you can wait in, to do that until you're, until you're in college. Right. I know that people want to get recruited. There are other ways for, to get seen, okay. you know, um, finally, you shouldn't play doubles if you are playing club. What's Ooh. your thought on this one? Oh, you got to play, got to play, got to play. Gotta yeah, play. I, I just disagree with that. I think for, especially for the younger ones, doubles can be even more beneficial yep. in some ways than playing six on six. Yep. And then the only other point I would make is even though a lot of these things are myths, um, I really still believe that club is an awesome experience and I wish more players would play for the experience of it. I think it obviously comes with a big price tag, but I just loved my club volleyball experience and I've known so many people that have. And I just wish they would play for fun and not necessarily to try to get a scholarship all the time. Yeah. 
So that's what I got. All right, I got one more. Okay. It's all political, Davis. Oh, yeah. It's all political. It's all, political. all this stuff's political. Well, and I kind of have one right here. The, the teams are not fully based on ability. I mean, in terms of if I had 12 setters and they were all amazing D1 setters and they came out for the team, I, I couldn't put them all on. Right, right. You know what I mean? So there's a bunch of different variables yeah. there. But And, hey, the coaches are trying to put a team together that can perform the best. And right. they're going to make mistakes sometimes. And, uh, hey, but it's it's, you know. I think far less uh, politics and far more just, hey, the coaches are trying to do their best. But, hey, evaluating is not easy. It's not easy. And the, each coach comes with their own innate biases. Yep. And that is natural. And they're working on it. And I think, yeah, I think there's a lot that goes into it that I think the players aren't necessarily always aware of. All right. So Good topic. Yeah, it's interesting. So I like it. we're on to the scenario. All right, scenario. My team plays to the level of its competition. Okay. Another one I stole from the volleyball coaches and trainers. All right. Facebook group. I heard that. I've heard and that I guess many my, times. You've yes. heard that yes. a lot. We hear that. And I guess the number one is, is it true? Yes. And uh, and if you take what, what I call the bandwidth theory and you combine that with the availability bias, okay. then we might say, wait a minute, is this true or not? And so let me explain both those yeah. things. So you have the bandwidth theory, which means that every team is going to play within a certain bandwidth. Okay. So let's say you play at this certain level. Sometimes you're going to play a little bit better than that. Sometimes a little bit worse than that, but it's going to be within this range, this bandwidth range. Okay. Okay. So we have a team that's really good and they're in their bandwidth. We have, let's say my team isn't as good. I'm in my bandwidth. Okay. The team is really good. They might be playing at the bottom of their bandwidth. I might be playing at the top of my bandwidth. So now it's kind of competitive, even I though see. they're way better. I see. Okay. But now the availability bias means that we remember things that are easy to recall. Okay. So it's always, if a team is better than you and you compete with them, you remember that. Yes. But you don't remember it when that team kicks your ass. Right. <laughs> because you they're expected right. to kick your ass. Right. right. Okay. So uh, same thing with a team that's worse than you. When yes. you kick their butt, you don't remember it. You go, oh, yeah, we're better uh, than them. We I should. See. But what you remember is, is when you get to the bottom of their band, your bandwidth, they get to the top of theirs, and then it's competitive. You go, oh, what's going on? Right. My team right. Oh, plays to the, well, maybe it does, but maybe they're just like every other team. Right. Because <laughs> everybody's going to have those times when you're going to be at your bottom and they're going to be at, the other team's going to be at the top. So I love that. Regardless of its validity, let's say it's valid or invalid, it's still worth exploring ways to help your team play in the upper ranges of its bandwidth more often. Yes. And how do we do that? Very so true. I want to get into some okay. of those things. Number one, your coach awareness of human nature. That my job is to take pressure off the team. When we're playing a team that is less talented and they have one good server that goes back and serves five balls that we shank and then we make a hitting error and they're up 5-0, I have to know that my team now is feeling some pressure. And I don't want to add to that. I know it's human nature. They're going, wait, how's this team beating us? They can't play volleyball. Right. Okay. So I don't want to increase that, you know, by getting tense. Right. Okay. Okay. Good point. Uh, number two, process orientation. And this is something that we want to stress all the time, whether it's in practice, in any matches, no matter who we're playing. And, hey, can we stay in the present? 
Yes. And we being next point mentality. Hey, whatever happened in the past, happened in the past. I'm not looking in the future like, oh, it'd be so embarrassing to lose to this team, right? What's everybody going to say, right. right? No, I want to say, hey, we have a point to play. We got to get in serve receive. And we, hey, get the ball high in the air and get a swing. Here we go. Yeah. And Karch said this was his best trait. He yep. said this was his best trait was being able to just stay in the present in yep. the same point all the time. competed like yeah. a mother, that yeah, guy. Yeah, absolutely. Like no one else in history, right? Uh, like reframing playing teams that are, let's say, less experienced. So let's say my high school team. We're playing a team and, you know, hey, I have a bunch of kids who've played a ton of volleyball and we go out and we're watching warm-ups and, you know, they're having trouble, you know, hitting balls over the net consistently. I mean, our kids aren't stupid. Right. You know, they look at it. So, I, I, you know, so I reframe it and go, listen, hey, our goal right now is can we improve and get better? And what we want to do is we want to, you know, get some gap in the score. So all those kids that haven't played a lot that are cheering all the time, this is your gift to them to play really hard to get them in the game so you uh, can cheer them on. I like that. And so now we have this other idea. Hey, we're not just trying to win. Right. We're trying to create situations so we get these players in who rarely get to play, let's say. I like that. Against, yeah. At least against the best teams. Uh, watching your coaching language, okay, getting away from things like you guys, right? <laughs> yes. Wait a minute, we, not yes. you guys, we, right? Yes. Okay, uh, we need to pay a little more attention now to serve receive on this server and do these things. Uh, you guys aren't past, okay, words like we gotta, uh, right. and I, I find myself saying that we gotta, no, we don't have to. No, hey, let's take a minute, take a deep breath, and focus on this next point. Uh, not we gotta, right? Yeah, that's a great okay. point. Yeah. Uh, coaching emotion and ego check. So this team that's weaker gets ahead, and then what happens when your team makes an error? Do you treat it the same way that you treat an error when it's made against a really good team? Yeah. Or is it ripping, is it diving into your coaching ego there <laughs> and are you freaking out can i share my story like yeah, yeah. on this one so when i was a player at irvine valley <laughs> uh, it's just funny because my buddy still gives me crap about uh, this we were playing in this open tournament and we played this team of firemen and the exact thing that you're talking about was happening and I was like, you know, I'm from Huntington Beach. And I, play, <laughs> I play volleyball. <laughs> and then we, we got our butts kicked by these firemen. <laughs> and I just remember raging, like just got so bad too, because I was just so mad. But it was just so funny because that exact thing happens. Like, check your ego. Like, these guys are good. You know, they're beating you. Hey, it's all good. So, no, I that definitely happened to me many times. Yeah, no, I mean, hey, it's uh, find yourself getting edgy, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, the team will pick up on your emotion, right? Yes. And then they'll get edgy, yes. right? And that's not good. Right. It's not taking the pressure off. Well, and to that point too, if you start off the match going, oh, these guys are easy, you know, the other team, the other right. team's not good. And they'll pick up on that too. And they, well, that's play the, the process yeah. orientation. Hey, yes. we're going to play every point hard. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We don't, we're, we're playing this point hard and then we're going to play the next point hard. Yeah. And, we, and then we're going to play the next yeah. point hard. And we don't care if it's, you know, which team, who we're playing. We're playing 11s. We're playing, you know, the Olympic team. Yeah, I love Same that. Same thing. Uh, rituals. Okay. What are the things that keep you together when 
you have this adversity and playing poorly against a team that's less talented, that's some adversity. Yeah. And so what are the things that you have? And so things like going into the huddle every time uh, and taking that deep breath, being together every time. Right. Uh, that's something that we want to lean on when we have adversity. Timeouts, using yes. those. And I think some coaches are like, I'm too proud to call a timeout here. I'm not calling a timeout against these guys. Right. Well, no, hey, I'm calling a timeout. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, yeah. hey. uh, and then lastly, uh, I thought of uh, some practice simulation. So okay. what do you think of this? Okay. Play two on six. Okay. Games to 15. The score is 8-11. Okay. With the team of six losing. Okay. So now there's pressure on that team. Okay. You have two players out there, and uh, you can play it two different ways. Okay. Let's say you have 12 players on the team. You can play three separate games of two on six. So each team oh, is at eight okay. at 11. Oh, that's cool. And then, so now everybody's playing, right? And right. so every team gets like two points. I like that. So my first team of two gets two points. And so now after that, if they win both, then it's 13 to eight. And they're yeah. celebrating, going right. crazy, right? Because <laughs> yes. you want pressure on that team. And you're telling that team of two, hey, you guys are going to go nuts yes. if you get points every like time that. you get a point. I love that idea. And so then, oh, the other way to do it uh, is to uh, make that two on six uh, play just one game. Okay. And then have them uh, play a Every team just goes in and plays a point, right? So okay. Three different teams of two are playing. Oh, I see. So they're all combined right. to be a team of six, right. but rather than uh, playing each. But you're trying to put your team in a situation where, hey, they should win two against six on two. I love that. I love it. So, and I like the idea of them sitting in it too, meaning the other, the team of six, like there's little, they have to stew in it for a little bit. So I like the one where the team goes off a little bit because the team that's off, like you said, they're all yeah. stoked off, <laughs> yeah. just chilling. Like we're up 13, eight right, right. now. Well, you're we're trying good. to give, put them in a, a bunch of different situations. Yeah. Hey, this is a situation where you're going to, you're going to lose to these guys. Right. It's going to happen. Yeah. Right. And it's a situation where, Hey, we got to kind of dig in right here. Right? Yep. <laughs> so, uh, so that's it. I love it. I love it. That's super cool. So, very cool working on getting your team to uh play a little more evenly and not to worry so much about its competition you know i love that playing hard right and so instead of my team plays to the level of its competition we want our team to play to our level our team to be playing to our standards and always be you know striving to get a little better each time we play i love it no matter who we play that's awesome right on so i got some videos all right and um these have to do with club season and obviously Russ Rose knows a little something about volleyball. He talks about club season. He calls it Russ Rose's rules for club season. And this is for coaches and it's stuff like, um, you know, your team's not going to be ready at the very first tournament. Yeah. Right. So stuff like that and just how to kind of navigate some of that. The next is um, six tips for moms and dads whose kids play club and school volleyball. Now as coaches, we gotta, we gotta make sure that we're communicating these things to the parents a lot yeah, of times so that's point. important and then finally five keys for making a smooth transition from high school to club volleyball yeah so those it's videos cool. will be the aoc yeah. they have they you start everything. digging into there and they got so much great stuff they got everything on there and you got a resource of the week for yeah, us yeah the resource i was a pod i just listened to today and it was uh 
a guy named Aaron Wexler who has a podcast called Within the Game. Okay. And he had an hour with John Spiroff. Oh, nice. And John Spiroff, for those of you uh, who might not know, John Spiroff is the head coach at UCLA, and they just won the national championship last year on the yep. men's side. Yep. And then he has also our Olympic national team men's coach, and, and they just qualified for the uh, Olympics in Tokyo. Yes, and national coach of the year, too, ABCA, national yep. men's coach of the year. Yep. And He's amazing. so one thing they talked about is this FOPO. This oh. fear of other people's opinions oh. and the idea that now with these players, even as college players and obviously the pro players, national players, they have this branding we talked about. Right. Yep. Yep. And so it's nice that they get this more recognition. But with that, uh, they get way more critique. You know, yes. they have to put themselves out there for uh, a bunch of critical voices. And how do they manage that? That's a great point. And that's something that uh, he has to help players through right now. Absolutely. And he talked about that even as a coach because he's he gets a lot of, uh, you know, being the national team coach, being oh, a UCLA yeah. coach. There's high expectations there. Oh. So uh, he gets a lot of – there's a lot of chatter. Oh, yeah. A lot of chatter. <laughs> Absolutely. So where do you listen to that? Is that on Apple or where do you listen to I think to? it's – yeah, it's, it's on it's all of the – yeah, it's all on Apple or Spotify, I think. So okay. it'll be in our show notes and there'll be a link there to that, to that pod. Perfect. Well, once again, super fun episode. Thanks a lot, Todd. Well for, done, Davis. So for those of, those of you that want to check out our socials, please do. It's on Instagram at aoc.thevolleypod and on Twitter at thevolleypod. We post our updates on episodes there every week. And thanks a lot. See you next time. Well done, Davis. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.